Hello and welcome to another episode of the Musal Podcast. We're your hosts, Gemma, Hadi and Goni. And on this podcast, as you already know, we share a microphone for fresh conversations on current affairs and women's realities beyond a single story. It's great to be back here again this week. We hope you all are going to have a very, very amazing week. Um, back to work this week, so I don't know. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> there is a God. Haters be hating. Way. Haters be hating. But yeah, so that's where I am at for the how are we doing. I'm not good. How are you guys? What's popping? Apart from celebrating my misery. <laughs> the heat. Oh, that's still here. It's still here. But I think it's negligible. If you ignore it, it could go away. Right. Okay. Um, do you know what happened? Did light off in your area a few days ago? Oh, we knew you a line. Fuck now. Because it's not light off here. I'm going to check the tweets. So I woke up. You know what happened that night? We So we were going to bed. And then we got to bed. Light off. So we slept and slept and slept and slept. Everybody, like, you three. were able to sleep in the heat? No, because like, we had the windows open and all. So there was... I was tired as well. We so no we just slept. So we slept here. Yeah? And then three new air. And the host, I was like, how cash power be more Because it didn't make sense to me. We went outside, tried to put in the cash power and it did not work. So that's how we knew and it was like, but also time can be a mungil in the morning. So we went back to sleep. Four thirty again, we got up again. I'm like, no, this has to be a cash power issue. We went and tried again. I bought thousand dollars cash power that we could not load into the thing. <laughs> Like, you tell her, like, so that day we woke up pretty early, 7.30, I think. So they get us sleeping. We woke up and then, then the light was So light was literally yeah, off from around, bedtime to wake up time. It came around 8.30, 9 yeah. o'clock. It's when I was leaving um, mm-hmm. to go to work. That's, That's when it when came. Because I didn't sleep. I slept at 7 and I woke up at 8. And then I went, I literally, I swear, I was deciding on which hotel would <laughs> allow me to check in. <laughs> At three in the morning because I could not. Because that's do when it. we woke up too, and like I, I thought the cash flow was done. Not making yamla. So yeah. Man, literally, I got home body after eleven to twelve. You know, no masango aglad no more offering. Yeah, it was yeah, it was mm-hmm. around that time. And that we know it's it. not gonna get better, so let's brace ourselves. Me, I bought a rechargeable fan <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, damn it. I did that. I'm literally like putting all measures in measures place. in place because what happened to me, it cannot repeat. I cannot deal with it again. What's happening in Lamin? Well, for one, we can't relate to this electricity madness. What we can relate to is Nyakandos. We went two days without water. It's one thing or the other. Always. Two days. <laughs> two whole days without water. As in, and I couldn't do anything. I was I just literally talk for food. No shower, talk, couldn't pray, couldn't do anything because So that's the madness we're living So when was the last time you sang Ungo? No, that's why, because that was our life for a long time. So, security, and the water actually comes out. It's a, it's a surprise to me. Because we've gone like close to 10 years at home where you don't see water during the day. Jeez. So, good thing I rot. And like early morning, you rot, and then that's it. You don't see it again. So, then to a time, you pump it again. So, politicians, you don't like so that's what we're going to be talking about <laughs> that's what we're going to be talking about i know we've already had an episode where we were dragging he know, I, I saw a tweet today very funny when i got me i'm in government we have a vdc 
Oh Apparently God. they were listening to the radio and someone called in to say we don't have a government we have a VDC. For those who don't know what a VDC <laughs> is, the VDC is the Village Development Committee. And to be honest, me, I think that's an insult to the VDCs because no, the VDCs is. do it work is. in their communities. But yo, oh my God, I'm dying. <laughs> no, it's an actual insult to them. It's an insult. No, to like the country stress. Imagine I take about Hamne. Every year it rains, right? Yeah. Every year you know that at this time of the year you're going to have to expect rain. No roads are fixed. No Quran. No street lights. Even nothing. You know the I, I think they should have this. This Koto Highway, the Koto Bridge. Yeah. It floods every year. Mm-hmm. It's and after flood every rainy season, they forget about it. So this year, everyone is bracing it's for it to flood get flooded again. again. And they did the concrete no. thing there. I don't think it's going no, to stop the flooding. No, it's supposed to be a bridge. It's supposed to go yeah. all the way up because no, they no. wouldn't. Like no, a concrete plaster. Anyways, before going to be, are you going to be here to vote for the elections? No, but I could come back. I mean, I got a voter's card anyway, just okay. to be sure. I'm doing my civic duties. Perfect. So um, that's a good way to get into today's episode. We're tired of complaining of, about this country and everything that's not working. Um, the heat, even we're blaming the VDC, the national <laughs> VDC for that. <laughs> the electricity, the water, and everything that's gonna happen as the now it progresses. I can't even begin to think of all the potato stuff and the waters and their choirs. Gang- you know, I have an actual like. My biggest, biggest fear. I don't. I'm not afraid of many things in life, by the way, but mbotas, yeah, frogs. No, I have a genuine phobia of frogs. It's not funny. If I see, and I'll you're start putting to that cry. out there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and you're putting that out remove there. Remove it. Remove it. Remove it. Noted with thanks. <laughs> anyway, so like I was saying, it's a good way to get into today's episode. We're discussing women and politics in the Gambia. Um, if you're following anything in Gambia at this point, you know politics has taken over our 2021. Mm-hmm. Reason being, we're heading into presidential elections in December, and already preparations are in high gear. And IEC is already rolling. Um, launched registration, voter registration in May. Um, that should be it. Should end by the time this episode comes out. Mm-hmm. And so we are going to be discussing that. So the Gambian elections in general, but specifically looking at you know, women's political participation, their role in the elections and everything around that. And to get us rolling, we're sharing a quote um, this week from Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, former president of Liberia. And she says, full political participation will become a reality for us as women when quotas and set-asides become a relic of the past. When our access in participatory institutions at all levels is considered a right, And when we no longer feel compelled to wage campaigns and stage protests in order to have a say in the decisions that affect our lives, be it at the peace table or in the political and economic arenas. Yep. I love this quote. Yeah, it's a really dope quote. It's it's all encompassing. And it's coming from a woman who's also like um, supporting a lot of... So she has this initiative where she is mentoring um, women, not just young, but Mm. also not well older women who are interested in politics um and just trying to help them through that journey yeah, I think so Bawada she once is mentioned that she, she's, she's a she's a fellow yeah. um i think to my also recently if i'm not mistaken is also a fellow but yeah mm-hmm. so we, we've got our quote of the week from former president ellen jensen Sirleaf, and we're discussing women and politics in the gambia mm-hmm. we always hear that phrase women's participation women's political participation women in leadership and we have elections coming up. What is that looking like in Gambia? 
First of all, have you guys registered for your voter's cards? Obviously. Yes, we're good citizens. Somebody told me that my opal was my first day I ever registered. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get registered. No, I really thought that day. I really thought that you were um hired by IEC or something. Yeah, a lot of people thought I was influencing for the IEC. Mm-hmm. Who knows? She oh, influencing. Influencer Bay. Okay. Hashtag influencer Bay. But no, I wasn't. I, I really just woke up and I was like, okay, this is happening. What can I do? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I did that whole trial, got the information together and then I keep passing people to go and get their voters cards. So on the first day, me, I went and got my voters card. You know what happened? Mm-hmm. I rang, rang. So the first time I went, I had something else to do because when I am here also and I had to listen to those things. So I went, filled the form. It was looking like it was going to be a long wait. So I took the form with me and then came back afterwards. So did the whole rang, got there and the woman just kept telling me, watch your sabadbi, watch your sabadbi. I'm tall. Your setup is not right for people like me. Went through all of that, got my voter card, got home and saw that they listed me as male. <laughs> and I just gave up at that point. And I was like, oh, and then I was like, election day, and you find one very, very person like you, and they decide to prevent you from, from voting Wait, based on that tiny. Like, yeah. like you, how does he say? Like a tiny technicality and tell you, no, you're not going to vote. Some, so, some things you don't respond to, Hadi. It's the facts. I'm really shook. It'd be okay. the facts. So, no, what was it, your experience? Did it, you do the long? Because a lot of people are complaining about long ways. It took all. me literally two seconds. I went mm. to the stadium, and when I got there, they had just gotten off their break. Oh. So the Maduga said, like, I was the first person. So mm. I was there for like under five minutes. It was and so it was quick. Done. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was there from 8, 8 a.m. You were tweeting 11. your experience. Yeah, I was there for about three hours. I got there, and it was a whole hall full of people. Mm. It was hot. It was humid. Yeah. It, it was just COVID horrible. times. Yeah. And, you know, you had people fighting over, oh, I got here before you, man of mm. NJK. And Wasn't there like a that. queue, though? Like, there was a queue. But, you know, there's always yeah, that one person them. who comes and sees someone they know and then tries to sneak into the queue. So, you know, you had all of that. But then in the end, yeah, I went up, got my voter's card. I got mine on the last day that the polling station around my was house was closing. Yeah, mm. that's when I went. Because I thought they'd be open till 11th of July. But then I realized that was they the were last shifting, day. Yeah. Yeah. There are yeah. some centers that are open throughout yeah. and some that like are closing. I, had, so I, I honestly and had got. the easiest. And, and the thing hmm. is, for my house this time, it's actually a good thing that everyone has a voter's card yeah like so last election i was the only one who voted <laughs> even though everyone else was like 18 and above i was the only one who voted but this election everyone who's we're all above yeah. 18 and everyone has a voter's card so yeah and that's one thing i've noticed like there's been a lot of um a lot of talk but also a lot of action around people just going to register mm-hmm. so a lot of csos also have been involved in um the education to get people to go register. There's been a lot of controversy as well around the attestations and all, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> we're not going to get into that. But what I see basically is a lot of young people, mm-hmm. especially who've never voted before, who've never really been interested in elections, even when they were eligible, um, now registering to vote. Um, and so, yeah. I think that's because people have seen the power of a vote, yep. right? Last election, people were not keen on voting because everyone just assumed, you know, what happened yeah. in the past is just what's going to happen. Mm. We're going to vote and Jamai is still going to win. Mm. But now people have seen the power of their votes and, you know. Yeah. It's so wild that an election actually got Jamai out. 
No one would. It was so unexpected. <laughs> like who would have thunk it? <laughs> Even he didn't believe it. Even the whip, the people who won did not believe it. People always thought it would be a coup d'état yeah. or something yeah. like that. But I it was elections that got him so that's a good thing um if you did not register unfortunately by the time you listen to this it will be too late unless there's an extension let's hope there's that extension for those yeah. who can't register i really wish um the people in the diaspora had the chance oh, to yeah. you know to vote their contributions have been immense and i think it's it's really unfair mm-hmm. that they're not yeah they're not getting that chance so i think the only option they would have is come now while registration's happening go back elections to getting a new and that is actually how, unfair on who them has the means who, they yeah, don't even have means? people and don't the have time the of means. work you'd have to take to come exactly. and go back i mean i can sell my vote to anyone in the diaspora <laughs> so <laughs> If you want, I can come back and you just tell me. I'm not sure, but even, even if we don't have like voting for them, they there should have been some means of voting by proxy or something. Yeah. I mean, know? this is something they could legitimately yeah, really if they, they wanted. Really no, but I, think, I but I, I really think that um, with this government, they realize that they don't have a lot of supporters outside of the country. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's quite. So like, they, if yeah. he had more, people but I know they've come with, together to take um, yeah, legal action. Too, yeah. 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 yeah, so let's see how that goes. One thing that's interesting through it all. So the IEC has been putting out reports, I think every week or so, mm-hmm. showing the data. So how many people have registered so far. And it's um, it's data that's, well, shared per region and you're seeing like the trend. So it's a lot of people. But one thing that has really jumped out for so many people observing this is that we have so much more women registering for the voters cards than we have men. Mm-hmm. And this is uniform across all of the regions. And sometimes the margins are like really huge wow. um and the first time i saw the first release i was like okay so the the reality is that the reality is not that women are not participating in politics mm-hmm. it's really at what level are we participating yeah. and um on what side are we participating mm-hmm. and so i really just wanted us to get into you know that discussion around when we talk women's political participation and say oh there's low participation of women what do we really mean mm-hmm. Especially given the figures we're seeing now, understanding that women are the majority voters, what do we mean when we say um, there's not enough political participation? Yeah. No, so I think what happens is women are good enough only to get the vote. Hmm. So they're good for your campaigns, they're good for your campaigns, they're good for all of that, but the higher we get... Um, but it's a societal thing where it's like, you know, you can make decisions, but you can make all the total decisions that need to be made so it's fine if you're electing or you're propping your man up but like mm. the higher you get and like you know when it comes to more important positions mm-hmm. women aren't really given the space or even encouraged to take up those positions it's like oh yeah we want to encourage women to get into politics but what level of the mm. politics are you telling us to get into or are you allowing us to get into mm. reminds me of a conversation with the two IW consultations we had with women political leaders and mm. the woman was talking about Oh, these politicians, they only know us when they want the vote. But once you vote them in office, they pass you by on the streets. It's like they've never met you before. And it really just reflects what happens once it's election season. And funny enough, all of them know the gender language. Everyone knows about equality. Everyone knows about equity. Everyone knows about empowerment. But once you get the vote, you get the position. Women no longer are important um, on your agenda. We had a we met a woman in Wooly once who said to us us that when it's time for elections, campaign they even see the president. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But after that they don't see anyone, and it just shows you how whether it's the president or all the other political parties, mm-hmm. how everyone just sees women as tools mm-hmm. 
to be used to achieve their goals and once they achieve that goal then it's like you know what yeah when it's done it's over we're not looking at you anymore yeah. and it all goes to you know um i think it's also affected by like president Salif said i think women don't know the power we have mm. first of all <laughs> we don't know how much power we hold because imagine if like we said with the current registration you have all these women mm -hmm. getting registered if for example the women members or female members of a political party said okay if we don't get this amount of seats allocated to us at the for example mm -hmm. national assembly elections we're not going to support the campaign process what do you think is going to happen because literally all these processes are run by women mm -hmm. they're the ones who cook the food that people eat they organize the events, they, they bring everyone the together, they, they decide on the Ashabis, they do all the dancing and the entertainment and everything. So it's a matter of women also not knowing the power that we have and not realizing that we can actually change the narrative if we want to, instead of just being, you know, I feel being... like it's a little simple to say that. <laughs> Is it? Let's hear it. No, I think it's very simple to say that because in our communities, like with the way patriarchy functions, it's mm -hmm. one thing to know or to have knowledge about something, mm -hmm. but it's another thing to implement. To it. You can, you know, you can, you can be like, oh yeah, you don't know the power that you have. You tell them about the power, great, but then what happens next? Because they're still going to be violence perpetrated against them if they even wish to That's access true. those hmm. powers. It doesn't matter how rich the woman is. It doesn't matter how educated, how you know, how well known she is. What's her name? That Lizzie. Yeah, Yunsen. Yunsen, yeah. all Lizzie of that. Yunsen, it yeah. doesn't. It, it literally doesn't matter. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, even if they're like, okay, you know what, I'm not gonna cook for you know for this campaign or this isn't that. Mm -hmm. So how's your daughter? If your husband yeah. is part of that party. That's true. So I I think that's the thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's really simple to just and i think it's an interesting point you raise around voting patterns in homes because i mm -hmm. know these stories have been told around how the head of the household is this the one who decides decide, how yeah. you know the members of the household vote and um i think i agree as well because even when the campaigns are happening they tell the women the mm -hmm. politicians themselves mm -hmm. so they understand the power that women have I think the problem is really at what level does that Do power have, stop? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because then you look at something like, oh, you have councillors at local government level. Mm -hmm. Why do you need to have lady councillors? Yeah. You understand? Yeah. So I know they are part of the National Women's Council. It's part of, you know, I guess, affirmative action that they're taking to make sure mm -hmm. there's some representation. But then how much power do these people have? Compared to even call them the lady councillors. That's what they call. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. So, no, so you have the yeah. councillors, and then you have the lady <laughs> councillors. So how much power do they have? Understanding that, I'm not exactly clear on how they are selected, but it doesn't follow the same process as no. all of these elections. Yeah. So how much power do they really have? And for me, I think what it also does is it relegates them to just dealing with women's issues mm -hmm. and that's what so happens. you think about governance yes but then it's also just women's issues yeah. women's rights is what you're working on women's entrepreneurship which is not bad in itself but i think it really just keeps that box mm -hmm. it, it it enforces or reinforces that limitation and they hardly are able to break away from it mm -hmm. and so it leads to, to a point where yeah it leads to a point where that's what people aspire to. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want to be a lady councillor. Yes. You understand? As opposed to, I want to be the chairperson of this council. It's the, the same council. I, I want, want to be vice president exactly. versus being president. Yeah. Exactly. The lady councillor thing is just really tokenism. It's just tokenism. It is. The same it way, is. The same way um, all of these political parties have a male president and then they have the female yeah. vice president and then they have the women's wing and all of that it's just, it's just that before around um the youth wings and the women's wings and for me i'm like if your political party is as progressive as you want us to believe mm -hmm. if your political party is and i think this happens with 
I'm not say all because mm-hmm. I do not know the makeup of all the political parties, but a lot of them have those. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a youth president, you have a woman's president, yeah. you have a mobilizer, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, if your political parties is as progressive and as inclusive as you say it is, why do you need those segregations? Mm-hmm. Everybody should have a fair chance to any of the roles. So you mm-hmm. have your executive roles; anyone can contest for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just wonder what the root is. Is it a case of the women have? put themselves forward for those roles but the selections are still going to the men or what what really is the issue i think um like hadi said patriarchy right because mm. remember when we met um, yeah the woman who said she wanted to contest for the national assembly seat in her district and then her family literally said if she contested they would disown her yeah. mm-hmm. so she had to step back and then let her cousin run and the cousin is now the national assembly member for mm-hmm. for their district so it's a matter of them not being given the opportunity mm. honestly mm. they are not women are not given the opportunity and even where they're given the opportunity they're not made to feel like it is their right to get it it's made to seem as if oh we're doing this for you to empower you but really it is your right as a paying member of a political party we all know how i feel about the word empowerment and you know how how they all say oh our women are so empowered see we have a we have a female vice president mm-hmm. the head of the youth wing is a woman but what power do they hold there's a difference between holding the position and holding having power to yeah, actually effect yeah to yeah. make decisions all of these for 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 most of these outside of the political parties sir even in our institutions mm. usually women who head institutions do not really have yeah. the power that they actually they, they supposedly have you know i'm a bit nervous about this year's elections i don't know why i think it's basically the climate and what we are seeing right now the mm-hmm. insults the vulgarity the violence it's it's just a lot and so there's been a lot of talk around oh this election might end in conflict and stuff like that i hope it doesn't mm-hmm. i don't know what you guys are feeling really but i'm pretty anxious about december's elections i don't know why i have a feeling that the bombo card is going to get reelected Don't speak it into existence. No, that's why I didn't even say the name. Is that Sorry, no, no, but honestly, because it's scaring me. Because this man is buying. He's literally taking away from Jamie's playbook. Nanka nanka. You get all the chahan, but he's not. He's playing. been doing so for the past couple of years. Yeah. He has, and we're just ignoring it. And honestly, like Hadi, for me, I would be shocked. if the head of our national bdc does not win the elections that is what is going to shock me i hope me. he doesn't I, i honestly don't know who's going to win um there's a lot of talk around yeah. the, the tussle being between two major parties mm-hmm. but for me it's really just the outcome after that but, so what happens after the election but with what? the polarization too i'm with you because it's a lot it's a lot and we're seeing it it's, you know it's it's become really nasty it's, and it's we still have really like six nasty insults you know tribal comments yeah. and it's just a lot of unnecessary stuff i feel like there's a lot of anger mm. there's a lot of anger in people of this country like mm. people are really angry and it's coming out in very violent yeah. ways mm-hmm. that you know if not controlled early it could spiral into something out of control i mean gambia is not a place that is beyond electoral violence we're not better than the countries where this really things happen on that hill and, yeah. and feel like this is not yeah, something we feel that like this it's happen. not gambian gambians are not like this but we're not beyond that we've seen it all over you know all over yeah. the place and we've seen it also in the increase in violence in the country in the yeah. past couple of years in sections in yeah. sections you know tiny sections you mm. have people rioting everyone every you know every few 
few months. You have the youth protesting every few months, burning tires yeah. and doing things like that. So all of that anger is there and we still have not dealt with it. From yeah. 2019, from 2017 to now, all these protests that have happened against the government and against things that security, um, the security sector have done, they've not been addressed. Mm-hmm. They're still there. It's like, you know, when there's something under the carpet and, and you know, it keeps is, sweeping yeah. it and it keeps building up, eventually it becomes something that will trip you. And so in way too, that's where we're going. Let's hope not. Hope, hopefully not, but <laughs> let's, let's hope not. Yeah. Yeah. And they're increasing. No, but I think what's going to happen is once the election date begins to come, you're going to see a lot of mergers. Mm. You know, so it's an opportunity thing, really. Um, I, I know a lot of the people who are registering parties and contesting known as Nwakiri, so I'm not going to do So I think for me, it's really a case of positioning yourself, really. Um, <laughs> last minute, be what ship do you join and hope that you're going to win just like we saw Have with the coalition. Have you all felt like you know what party you plan on? I already do, yeah. Okay. I know. I know. Unless something better comes up, and I doubt it will happen. Um, but I think I know where my vote is going. I'm 90% certain. Watch out, y'all. What I know, <laughs> one of these episodes, we might endorse a candidate. <laughs> what I know 100% is there are three parties that I know I would never vote for. So that that's what I know a lot of Gambians. They know who they're not voting for, for, but they don't know who they're voting for. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think that's basically where a, lot, where a lot of people are. A lot of people don't know where they're voting yet, but they mm-hmm. absolutely know who they're not voting for. So, let I mean, we can't ask you to tell us who you're voting for. But, yeah, start to think about your decisions. Let's read the manifestos and understand what their programs oh, are. Oh, I was just going to... I was about to say that. Uh, maybe we can have, like, yeah. a episode around where we can, like, go through the parties, man, or just something. I am not interested. <laughs> Listen, you can just do like me and start by eliminating the people you are not voting for. That's, That's the easiest easy. thing to That's do. You eliminate and then you have your finalists. Then you have your finalists. Then you have your finalists. And hopefully all your finalists merge. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> the 2016 vote was pretty easy for me. But this time... My God, this is a good time to take a break. We'll be right back to continue our discussion on women and politics in the Gambia. I hope we'll continue to say that, but seeing that happen for a lot of women um, moving to the top and beating past that vice president position. It's back again on the Musso podcast. We are discussing women and politics in the Gambia, especially within the context of election year. We're heading into elections. Everyone who has registered has their voters card now. I think the next step is really deciding who to vote for if you have not already done that. And um, in the first part, we were talking about, you know, oh, women are not given the opportunity. And sometimes we hear people say women are not taking the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for me, it's always been a question of which is the real one. Of course, I understand the structural issues that limit women from, you know, standing up and showing up 
for those opportunities but i think sometimes we say that a lot it's women don't come up they don't show up doing their tahao they don't contest mm-hmm. you know but it really is not as simple as hadi has said and so what are the things that are barring women from running for office what's stopping you guys from running for office i haven't reached the age i can run yet right for which of the roles though yeah because if it's national assembly you way past yeah. the age what's the age of national assembly 21 yeah oh Where's the next election? Exactly. How long has she stayed here? The residency thing. What's up, Sabah Street? Have name. Now, but um, I'm thinking about you know, when we had the um the training, yeah, and how like um women kept talking about there's natural roles that mm-hmm. stop them because basically um mm-hmm. I had done a training a few months ago around like it was basically a whole women's empowerment package the word empowerment makes you want to throw up by the way um but um one of the, when we started talking about the politics section women were talking about how like their natural roles that stop women from mm-hmm. getting into politics natural mm-hmm. roles being pregnancy and feeling like no i know i know your face because <laughs> we made the same face but it's like it's a it's a it's a thing that is said yeah. yeah where they felt like or pregnancy or even like having to take care of the children mm-hmm. basically comes first mm-hmm. before like going around and campaigning, campaigning yeah. and mm. being on your period while campaigning and all you know all the struggles that come with it the times when yeah. the meetings are held <laughs> and even the late. times how late it is or mm. all of that and it's like it's stuff that should not be natural roles because we all know that these are you know products of patriarchy mm-hmm. but um these are some of the things that women actually say that hinders hinders their participation and these are you know women that are not even financially there. So even before we talk about the financial burden of campaigning, of registering, of mm-hmm. doing all those different things or even having the time of the day to go and do that. It's a lot. And even before you get to those things because uh, some of the things you mentioned, there are things that begin when you are a woman, right? Mm-hmm. You're grown, but mm-hmm. from when you're a child, mm-hmm. access to education. Mm-hmm. That in itself limits you because the, like the national assembly or mm-hmm. the presidential elections, the requirements you know you're required to to graduate from high school mm. and to be not so fluent but you know be able to hold conversations and you know do things in the english language the language of the national assembly for example is mm-hmm. english language mm. if you are not um educated this doesn't mean you're illiterate so you could be yeah you could be educated in the arabic language mm. and stuff but if you are not formally educated you do not have a high school diploma you're automatically disqualified mm. from becoming a national assembly member or from becoming or contesting yeah for the presidency. So imagine in a country with um an illiteracy rate that is so high especially um in women and girls. How many women are automatically barred from mm-hmm. contesting just because their right to education was violated when they were young. They didn't have access to education. And then this causes the ripple effect where, you know, as Hadi said, it's a triangle. The higher you go, the yeah. fewer women you see because um honestly there's also this thing where women who have um that education requirement or higher are not interested some of them are not interested in politics because of also the violence mm-hmm. that the you face mm-hmm. as a woman in politics mm-hmm. the attacks you know personal attacks attacks against your family it's just it's just stressful yeah can i add to that sure. i'm thinking about the whole myth about women not supporting other women because yeah. they also like to sell yeah. that mm-hmm. in um to Yeah. to stop women yeah. from um going into politics in many different ways two mm-hmm. ways i'm thinking about is how oh, okay so what how is somebody making it in love water but yeah. that's also because like i feel like we're not talking about the fact that like 
we're not having enough discussions about what the policies are mm-hmm. for them to know whether or not you're capable of leading mm-hmm. and two also it's just a way for men to take up more positions yeah. and even with that someone me again you're doing less sanya so mm-hmm. back to the consultations i was talking about um So one of the things when they they mention so you so you're a woman you wake up and you decide you want to run for political office at whatever level mm-hmm. be a councilor level or you know chair of your VDC whatever it is you know and you're contesting perhaps against a man mm-hmm. and what they do usually so they also and this is why that whole women not supporting women is a patriarchal construct and it's yeah. men who it's push it it right? is a lie so they do that and they go to other women and use them Yeah. you understand so because they're now able to sow this it's been said over and over again mm-hmm. and a lot of women actually believe this believe even it, if yeah. we say it different a lot of women believe that women don't no, support do. women and so we they go the man is the one who goes uses other women and they're the ones who do you know the smear campaigns mm-hmm. the insults the yes. digging out your history mm-hmm. they do that mm-hmm. but obviously when that happens how is it seen oh so that 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 came out one of the other things they mentioned was um how for example you as a woman you get up you're interested in running for political office you express that desire mm-hmm. and you have people coming to your husband for example if you're married mm-hmm. to say yeah you know you're letting your woman run for political office does this mean she's now the man of the house mm-hmm. because all oh, leadership is about men and for men mm-hmm. um and when it doesn't work so for example you have a husband who doesn't mind who mm-hmm. doesn't care about that who is ready to support you they go to the wider in-law community yeah mm-hmm. you understand so because you know you know no they sometimes have a hold on your husband mm-hmm. they can put some pressure on him um to put pressure on you to let it go mm-hmm. and so they use all of these different t- tactics to frustrate women and just have them abandon the whole cause but then we have seen the attacks that women have um experienced in Gambia mm-hmm. you think about Tumar you think mm-hmm. about Rahima Aliklo you mm-hmm. think about Marisok and so many of them that we probably don't even know about i think mm-hmm. now it's in our faces because of social media because everything is out there mm-hmm. but it it would have happened as well ages ago where they're doing this to discredit you. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember with Rahimani Claude they were talking about, you know, the things that people frown on mm-hmm. in Gambia. So, oh, sexual what what what, drugs, blah blah blah. You understand? With Lizzie they brought in all sorts of stories and some of these things are not even true. Mm-hmm. But because of the communities we live in, people just absorb the stories and they make them your brand mm-hmm. and just decide all of a sudden, no, kid in your life. Exactly. Yeah. Blonde hair. Blonde hair, short hair. That Short, was that was literally scarred, it. whatever that yeah was it. yeah and even beyond the smear campaigns there's also the labels yeah that are put on you for example if you're a woman who knows to fight for her right mm. you're aggressive you're for aggressive you're causing problems in our political party mm. you're causing instability you're dividing the party whereas if it's a man doing that The man is seen as being assertive and you know he's strong willed you know he's a good leader but these qualities are not appreciated in women mm-hmm. and when we look at the like the Rohi Malik laws people would tell you ne defante katla she doesn't know anything all she does is fight she's always fighting people she's, she's always fighting people she but look at all but also look at how she is constantly sidelined yep. mm-hmm. in many of the projects by government in, in, by the VDC in NVDC <laughs> NVDC in a lot of the projects going on in Banjul huge projects yeah. she's always coming up to say this was done without my knowledge nobody consulted me nobody informed me that this was going a on how do you yeah. expect a whole mayor of a city to take part in a project if she's not informed they haven't done this with the previous mayors we've mm-hmm. had the Samba Falls the Pasala Jengs the all these people and you know all these people i believe Rohi Lo for me 
she has done a lot more than a lot of the male mayors we've had time. in the past in a really such short a short time. time but she's always looked down on and because one she doesn't speak english mm. when she speaks most of the time she speaks in the local language these are our languages this is the best way to communicate with and she people. kills it when and she, she uses kills the it like she, she, she colonialism Colonial, remnants of colonialism are yeah. still showing to honestly yeah. with tuma it's always oh tuma is always causing problems with ppp with i don't want to go own, deep into people. that because yeah. she's currently going to court mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. over some issues so in the party yeah. But yeah, yeah, and like Marisok, like Hadi said, the hair, the dress code, she's showing cleavage, her hair is blonde, her hair is short. Lizzie Inson, she was, she was also mm-hmm. tagged as very aggressive, even on election day, she had issues. And I yeah. remember, yeah, people were With sharing the videos and calling her names and funny? saying she was just causing problems. You know what's really funny? The fact that a lot of these women that we see in like places that are, you know, running at, for contesting, they're not even challenging patriarchy like that. No. Exactly. <laughs> they're not. They're really not. They just want the position, like they're fellow men. So, so imagine if they were like, Mama's oh, running a on feminist, feminist platform. you know. Imagine if Mama's not government. And your piercings. In fact, What's the name of the Rasta government guy? If you need Banky. 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 <laughs> ah, yes. I'll run under you. <laughs> I'll be part of your party. No problem. Yeah. No, but it's like what I'm thinking about also is the fact that like all of these attributes that for men are looked at, you know, as good, they're mm-hmm. negative yeah. to women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which is so wild because if this makes him a good leader, then why is it not going to make the woman a good leader? And let's face it, I have n- not to say that I've never seen a male good, a good leader that's a man. But they're very far and few. I if you, if if their listeners, if you know of any male leaders that are good, decent human beings that are actually doing the work that needs to be done, let us know. I would like to hear about this because right now it's sounding like a myth. And if we're seeing all these issues consistently, they can be negative. They can be negative. To be honest, every day we take so, hundred steps back. No, honestly. So it's like maybe, maybe we should look at the people that we're electing and stop like electing these men based on the fact that they're men yeah, and really man. look at their political positions and really look at the work that they've already done to the point of whether or not we plan on re-electing them Mm -hmm. instead of just letting them continue to steal this country's money and you know instead of letting them continue our futures because you you suffer like not suffer but like we have a good leader that's you know who's tighter in their pockets who's not going to spend willy-nilly to get Mm re-elected morgan right now so that we can get to where we need to get to in the end Yep, I would shout a slogan right now, but we're keeping it a political on this platform. <laughs> no, I'm not apolitical. I think I've made it. I think I've made my stance extremely clear. But yeah, so uh, this is why another thing that that um, comes up a lot, and and I think you've mentioned briefly is with regards who has access to, you know, the economic power mm-hmm. to be able to contest elections because mm-hmm. campaigns are not cheap. Even registration, mm-hmm. especially in Gambia. Yeah, you know and. To be honest, we're not yet a country where our politics is about a politics of issues and a politics of development. Ours is really a politics of Benichin and Tega Sabar and Mumbai and Mumbai. You know, so um, one of the things, again, that comes up a lot is how the women do not have that money, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of them who want to do it sometimes would have to depend on their partners. And so, again, it comes back to the cycle of getting their approval mm-hmm. before you can now even express your desire to run for office at all. Um, and I think that's a huge challenge um, around who has access to finance. And even when they have their entrepreneurial initiatives, 
it's still not enough mm. to get them to run for political office to mm. get mobilized even just your team alone second i do see your campaign materials your media your publicity just your whole campaign in general so to the point of getting to register a political party exactly so who has that money yeah. really who has that money it's the men who have that money mm-hmm. so they are the ones who are able to register yes, political so, yeah. parties and once you register and then what cuz when you register but registration is not what gets you mm-hmm. you know the votes you need to connect with the people travel get to the so called grassroots <laughs> you know engage with the people try to get the vote all of that costs money mm-hmm. and again within the patriarchy the money does not reside with the women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's not the only millionaires that have a chance at yeah. um or people backed by millionaires yeah. and yeah, the millionaires exactly. are backing the men mm-hmm. because yeah. senkabudu you need to be in existence and need to continue to function anyways there have been some women who have made it out um not yet at the level of presidency we haven't seen yet I wouldn't mention vice presidency because I feel like that's a huge tokenistic position in Gambia. It is. It's a placeholder position, you know, and so I'm not even going to talk about that. So perhaps let's look at National Assembly where they were voted in. Mm-hmm. Some of them were nominated as well, um but they were voted in. And so we've had women, you know, get to these positions. And when we usually talk about oh let's support women, more women leaders, we're thinking when they get in there, they're going to support us. they're going to you know champion the cause of women and it doesn't mean that's going to be their only focus mm-hmm. but then they have the sensitivities and the experiences and the realities to be able to push you know that agenda but is this what we always see <laughs> no especially you said that because the national assembly has six women and three were voted in three yeah, women yeah. so is that what we what we usually see with the women that we have seen um, make it to political office for example you know how How can we say they have contributed towards, you know, the improvement of the lives of women, girls, non-binary persons, marginalized populations, persons with disabilities in the country? Not as that their mm. respons- sole responsibility, yeah. but then yeah. Uh from my personal experience, I haven't seen mm. or heard, well, I haven't seen like, you know, act- them actually doing work that specific to that like mm. all i remember is um our little experience <laughs> in 20 2015 2016 um when child marriage was being banned mm. yeah. and one of the national assembly members one of the women national assembly members had the nerve to tell these children that these cell phones were why they were getting pregnant and blah blah blah, blah and <laughs> really the second time you're saying this on the podcast <laughs> i would say it every single time yeah, 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 for yeah, no, i was shocked literally, i would literally we like were pissed shocked. off about this for the rest of my life i remember, remember so it's the mobile phones and not the lack of sex education and, and, and not the men, men well, not the older men yeah. who were standing yeah. in the room yeah. sharing their stories and you're still the best thing you could tell survivors was that Yeah. You're basically blaming them yeah. for what what they're going mm-hmm. through and mm-hmm. if that's you know if that's the caliber of people that we have at the national assembly or the caliber of women because also the men are garbage there too. Oh, they trash. So if that because one of them was talking about how they didn't even know what the legal age yeah. for consent/marriage was. They don't care to know. And you know I don't think the it has changed because currently there are many bills before the national assembly on you know and removing discriminatory laws against women and I think I heard that the one on the skin bleaching prohibition act to repeal it to remove the law it was um rejected by it, the national yeah, assembly and even while it was on I heard from the proceedings that I followed I heard a lot of the male national assembly members fighting against that bill but i did not hear any of the female national assembly members fighting for that bill mm. 
and that bill was basically to get rid of this law that say that says that any woman who uses bleaching um, any person who uses skin bleaching products can be prosecuted but even in the implementation of the law it was always against fe- mm. women it was female security officers who would get arrested and then have to spend a day or suspended two, you know, jobs. suspended from work and things like that. But they don't see that. All they saw is that this is a bill that is going to give women freedom and women are not deserving of freedom. Honestly, that is how I saw it. I think somebody during the proceedings, one of the National Assembly members, I can't remember who, Molen Wane, implement because he was one of the few people there you know who was who actually highlighted all these past cases of violence against women who bleach their skin and why it's actually necessary to get rid of this law because really there's this thing where if you have a law even if it's not being implemented someone can wake up at any day and say I'm enforcing this law because it is a law. And, you know, it's crazy. And it's been enforced It's been, yeah. They're told to go home. Yeah. They're told to go home. They're told natural color. They're told to come back to work. And there were times when yeah. they've actually been arrested. Yeah. yeah. And Those detained. ones are documented. Yeah. They're documented. They're documented. But I think a lot of them approached the bill from a moralist point. Exactly. And so they did not really want to yeah. understand the context of discrimination and how you know that's that's it's really the point really they took it's funny that you hear about morality from the most amoral people yeah. to ever exist right? i mean you walk out of the the national assembly halls in bofa i'm going to say a billboard see advertising the product so yeah, for me that makes me afraid because beyond the skin bleaching prohibition there are other bills tabled before them they one of them, them one, one of them actually would allow women to register birth of their children without a father because right now if i had a child the dad is not in the picture or I don't know the father. I can't register the child's name with my own name. You have bills like that before parliament. And I am so afraid that all of them are going to get rejected because, you know, we have more male National Assembly members and the women before the National Assembly. Honestly, I don't feel like they, they fight enough for women of this country. There's a push for quotas at the National Assembly for women, for um, young people. I'm not a huge fan of quotas. I understand the purpose. I understand, you know, the goal, but I'm not a huge fan because I see how easily, you know, it gives way for tokenism. You're just there so they can say there's a woman in there. But really, what are you doing? What are you changing? You know, so for me, I'm not a huge fan. I understand why it can be done or it should be done. And I wouldn't object to it being done and having those positions. And I think beyond just pushing for quotas it's also making sure that those people who will fill those seats actually yeah are competent they have the qualifications they have the knowledge they have the connections with the communities that they are representing and they're able to push um for laws or also just for projects even outside of the national assembly whatever it is they're doing that would benefit the whole community without you know entrenching or sustaining the discrimination that we see and the inequalities and all of that what what do you think actually in the bill because from what i from what i was uh, from what i know it's that that provision or that law is taken from what we have in the draft constitution. That law is taken from what mm. we have in the draft constitution in the sense that you would have um, these quarter seats for women and it would just be women contesting, but it, the same qualifications for a National Assembly member apply. So it's not like you're picking up random women and giving them the seats, but it's just that it should be a political and it should, should be just women contesting because... 
if we were being honest and the honest reality was that political parties were not willing to give women a chance to contest so they had to be a way to get women into the national assembly outside of the spectrum party of the poly yeah. Uh, yeah outside of the party structures so the and the honest it was supposed to be two two seats per region so seven regions so that's like 14 seats reserved for women and this and then there was still a provision for political parties requiring them to have Separate. yeah to still have that um, um making them making it um, compulsory on them to not deny their female party members to contest regularly because there's an allocated seat for women, right? Mm-hmm. So I can't say, okay, there's women can contest um, in the quota system, so I'm not going to allow a woman to contest. Mm-hmm. So there was that, and I think their polit- political parties would also be required to um, 10% of their seats of their um yeah should be for youth yeah of their candidates should be youth as well that was in the draft constitution but you know that thing is gathering dust somewhere when you look at it the men are mediocre there so (laughs) so sometimes when we talk about these qualifications as well i stop and think look who we have as male leaders in this country but i think um as a country as well with all of the challenges we have had Mm -hmm. we should be moving towards more um you know towards a system that really rewards people based on merit as opposed to just you know are we there yet so that's why i say we should start moving toward because we can't stick we can't stick towards you know we can't stick in this position because if we're if we're at a place where people are saying hell no we're not going to have a quota system would those people let you know no but the things need time to change so if we don't start the conversations now it's not going to change I mean, look at FJ, I'm 30-something years before we can get a law that's not being enforced. But that's another conversation. <laughs> that's another conversation. But I feel like, you know, we need to depart from that. Especially, for me, I think 2016, a lot of people had a lot of hope. Oh, change, new Gambia, what, what all of that has been dashed. And I think it's because sometimes we're really complacent in what we accept as the norm in this country. So we just accept mediocrity as the standard. And if we're not pushing for more, if we're not pushing for better, I'm not exactly sure I have all the answers with regards how we do this, but we should demand that as a people. I'm interested in hearing your recommendations. I don't have any. Zero? Yeah. That's that's wild. I don't have any. I don't either. But education is important because I feel like the more conscious people are, the more aware they are. And we've seen that shift as well, especially with the registration we're seeing right now. People are no longer just content with, oh, obviously you have the majority that are not there. But then for me, that's why the education matters. And you're moving section by section. People are becoming more aware. And hopefully you move from a situation where it's a politics of, but also people are poor. So you give me Sakamala, that's what I'm going to do. And that's why it's so easy for politicians to buy votes because they're preying on poverty. No, that's why we are. Mm-hmm. No, and that's why they will never fix poverty. Preying on poverty. Yeah, because they know that that's how they're able to get the votes that they need. So I mean, if you smoke, smoke in village, be majoku neka and I know how difficult it is for them to get that sakusuku and sakumal. Of course, they're going to be in debt, indebted to me, and they're yeah. gonna vote for me. Yeah. How do we fix it? How do we get more women, more competent women in positions of power? Demolish gender roles. <laughs> Demolish it because you know I'm think I'm sitting here and I remembered how when I was getting registered, the woman who sat next to me, she received a call from her husband. And it was basically him asking how much longer it was going to take her to get registered because she had to go home and cook. So he was, I think he asked her, like, how many people was there, like, less than 10 people ahead of her. And she was like, there are more than 40 people ahead of me. But, you know, when I come, the I just talk about a chinrek, you know, it's like, so, uh-huh. yeah, if we don't demolish patriarchy, 
But how realistic is that on a step-by-step basis? How do we, you know... On a step-by-step basis, I know, like, you guys really do not like this, but I think um, the quota system is the first step. I say this because it, I've seen it work. I've done research on it, and I've seen it work. I've seen where in Rwanda when they... I hate quoting Rwanda because Kagame is a bastard. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> you know, they introduced the quota system, and within, I think, a few years, they were able to increase the women's representation to about 62% in the National oh, Assembly. Oh, yeah, Senegal, when Ablaiwad introduced the parité thing, they were able to um, increase women's, um, what's it, political um, what's it, representation, representation. In the nation, nation, to about 45% or so, because Senegal, what they have is, if a political party brings five male candidates, they also have to bring up five, five female. female candidates. Mm-hmm. So there has to be that parity. If you don't have parity, then you cannot register, right? So I think... We may not like it. It may not be the best solution, but for a society like ours, I think it's the first step towards, you know, achieving a long-term goal of, you know, getting rid of all these, um, you know, relics that, you know, we instill. It's. I think it's a temporary. No, it temporary is a temporary measure, measure. Yeah. and that's why temporary I don't really, measure. I don't that's mind it, but is, I, yeah. I really just wanted to move to a point where you're not just plugging people in there to fill the seats and say a representation has been achieved. You understand? Because that's what we see a lot of, especially in Gambia. So yes, the quota systems work. We've seen it, especially in the countries that you have mentioned. Mm. But we also need to see it work in ways where, you know, we have seen in those countries where the women are pushing and, Mm. you know, they're not just there as placeholders and ticking the box to say, oh, we're progressive and we've been able to meet um, these numbers. And I think often with women, it's always just a matter of a woman getting her foot in the door. Yeah. Because uh, usually women who are determined, once they get into the, get in the door, they sh- actually show you what they're capable of. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like the woman who asked us why we're not going to politics at the, the, the mm-hmm. training, not all of us are meant to go into politics. Some of us, we don't like politics, but we are able to provide resources mm-hmm. and help women who want to do And I think that's what it needs to be. Those of us who are able to help should help the women who actually are interested and are capable of doing these things. I don't think you know, anyone realized, is outside of politics. And you, we're all involved. No, so I was going to say that. I yeah. realized when I was younger, I always used to be, tell myself, oh, I could never get into politics. Yeah. Like, I don't, I didn't, not that it's not a woman's place, but I was like, mm-hmm. I just can't deal with that headache. And also, I didn't see myself as a politician. Mm-hmm. But the older you get and the more that you see all these, you know, issues going on and yeah, that you can actually it. fix it. It, but it motivates you to want to get into it. I know for a fact, like, you know, I think somewhere down the line, I will get into politics. Vote for Hadis. Being feminist in itself is political. No, no I mean, it's our, lives political. Political. our lives are political. Our lives are, political, our lives are so very you political. Really divorce yourself and it's one thing it. to sit and complain and mm. to be like, oh, these people are not doing anything. But it's also another to, like, try and get your foot in the door. It doesn't hurt to try and get your foot in the door. And if you're shameless like me, they can throw whatever at you, but it's not going to stick. Yeah. You're just going to have to get over it and you're going to have to deal with Campaign it. Campaign manager. I call dips on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll handle your PR. So yeah, I think um, there's a lot. There's a long way to go still, you know, but there's also a lot that is being done that needs to be acknowledged, mm-hmm. especially led by CSOs. Again, the CSOs are really the one. So they're the government and then the government is the VDC. But they're doing a lot of work in this country um, to ensure more women, you know, feel comfortable, are confident, you know, to rise and take up these positions or even contest for them. Even. They're doing all the work, not a lot of the work. They're yeah, doing, all, they're the doing all, all of the work. And in every sector, it's always the CSOs that, yeah, you know, that are pushing it with their little resources, sector, little capacity, and they're doing sector. everything. So there's a lot of people who are doing that work. And as you know, for Musa of the Week, we love to highlight the women who are doing the thing. And so, give it to us and go. 
Yes. So this week's muso. <laughs> this week's muso is a very, very brave and very strong young woman. Brilliant. A brilliant young woman. I've seen her in spaces which I wouldn't dare go into, uh-huh. and I'm always like. Like at first, before I knew, I was like, "Halabi, I'm not fit there." Like this girl is so brave, but you know, she's an amazing young woman. She's very bold. She's very daring. She doesn't, you know, let anybody dim her light. Oh. She does what needs to be done. She says what needs to be said, and she gets attacked for it, but she keeps she keeps it moving. Oh. And she has also done a lot for women's political participation. She has an NGO that works on providing training for women who are interested in politics. And I think she's also part of a larger West African group that works on this and yeah, on women's political participation and representation. So our Musa of the week is Miss Lala Toure, Lala of Genset. That's the name of her organization. Lala, you're you're our Musa of the week because we're very proud of the work that you do. You're one of the few young women working in politics and actually taking steps to change the narrative and you know, we look forward to the greater things that you would do. She's, I know, I'm older than her, but she's someone I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always want to be Lala really, when we grow She's really, really, yeah. really Very really, brave, really, especially yeah. in this Gambian climate yeah. where she's seen it all and mm-hmm. faced it all, but still thriving. And I think one thing I really like is how she's formed a whole team around this. Yes. All young women, brave, refusing mm-hmm. to be deterred, and they're just doing everything they can to see more women, mm-hmm. especially young women, take up leadership roles, whether in the political scene or mm-hmm. elsewhere. She's, so, She's really the change you want to see. Yeah. Like, thank you for all of your yeah. work, Lala. Um, thank you so much again, Lala. And thank you to all our listeners. As always, we love hearing your feedback. And if you have any questions, do let us know. Let us know how you're preparing for this election cycle. If you have your voters card or, um, you know, we just we just want to know how you're getting yourself involved in this election process. And, you know, how we make better changes for our country and the future. And of course, you know where to find us. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Muso Podcast. I've been bad from spelling it out, so Spell you know. It. Spell it. Muso Podcast at M U S S O P O D C A S T. Find us there, share your thoughts, and like I said, give us your feedback. Hashtag Muso Pod. M-U-S-S-O-P-O-D. We're waiting to hear from you. You know, We know you can't tell us who you're going to vote for. Or you some of you us. cannot tell, tell us, us. But, you us, know, let us, us know who you, who your candidate is and why you chose them and, you know, what you want to see this election cycle. It can actually Maybe help you us can narrow that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I'm doing the whole eliminating thing. So this can help me cut people off from my list. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you can sway us. Because <laughs> some of us, I mean, we're decided, but we're looking for options as well. I, yeah. I know I'm kind of decided already. And one of the things we're looking at doing as a is look, seeing you know how we examine the party manifesto so when we get to the point where we know you actually run election. <laughs> because I don't think all the 20 Sangam parties are gonna run you know just examine the manifestos look at what um, considerations they have made for women's advancement um, education of girls gender equality in general equity you know the different marginalized groups and how they're hoping to you know take care of these people as part of their policies so that's something we're hoping to do hopefully we get to do it and we'll be looking at that feminist analysis of the party manifestos and um thank you thank you for being here thank you for joining us thank you for taking this journey with us on the Musa podcast this is what episode 16 can you 17 boy hey oh my god (laughs) 17 episodes and you all are still rocking with us listening to the podcast and sharing it with your people in how many countries again over 40 countries wow People are listening to Muslim in over 40 countries and that's that's humbling. 
that's a humbling thing for us. <laughs> Anyway. But thank you everyone. Great opportunity to say thank you to um, Right Click, Evo and Classic. Thank you for all of the amazing work you do helping us to get this high quality content to our audience. Thanks to our two terrorists. <coughs> Are we thanking them? Are we Are thanking them? Them? Are out. Actually, we're skipping them this, this Why week. The two isotos, go and collect your thank yous from the people that you respect. You can collect it from, from Left Click. Yes. <laughs> From your single story from left click exactly. go and collect it thank you to everyone for tuning in we hope you have a very wonderful week let's get into the elections with sound minds and vote for the right people because we're really tired of suffering remember in this no country. violence thank you bye <laughs> bye <laughs>